Hello and welcome back to this latest episode of Past Matters, the podcast series that asks museums, galleries and historic houses what their most underrated objects are. This episode takes us back to Ipswich and Victorian England, because in it I speak to you Karen Banton, Assistant Collections and Learning Curator for Natural Science at Colchester and Ipswich Museums. The objects in question are three taxidermied gorillas tucked away in the back corner of the Victorian Natural History Gallery at Ipswich Museum. Now, when I arrived here to record this episode, I thought I'd never actually been to Ipswich Museum before, until I stepped into this gallery and saw the giant mammoth replica they have. It was really an aha, so this is where that photo of me as a kid standing next to a mammoth comes from. Anyway, this fabulous mammoth obviously is what stands out for any visitor wandering through, as Karen points out in this episode, but the three gorillas totally deserve visitor attention as well. Not only are they the first gorillas the British public would ever have seen when they arrived in this country as part of a batch of shot gorillas in 1862, the expressions they have been given provide an insight on Victorian opinions of Africa, clue pretty racist, and the backstory as to how they got here features a swashbuckling fraudster trying to be accepted by Victorian society. So sit back and enjoy. As ever, you can find images of the gorillas on my website, ployradford.com. Hello listeners, thank you for tuning in to this latest episode of Past Matters. I'm at the Ipswich Museum today with Karen Banton, who is one of the curators here. Karen, hello. Hi. Uh, Hi. Uh, Tell me a bit about your your role here and how long you've been here. So I am an Assistant Collections and Learning Curator for Natural Science here at Ipswich Museum and at Colchester Museum. And I've been here since mid-October, so about six months. Fantastic. Um, so when people come to Ipswich Museum, which object do they normally uh, flock to and love to see? Well, the one that they tend to see first and tends to stay with them is our replica of a mammoth that is just inside the uh, Victorian Natural History Museum part of the museum, which is literally just as you come in. I do love that mammoth. I remember coming and visiting and seeing it as a kid. Um, so what, what are we going to talk about today? What do you think is the most underrated item here? Uh, I'm going to be talking about the gorillas that we have in that same gallery. It's a gallery with a lot of things in it. And obviously there's Rosie the Rhino as well as the mammoth, which are the two main things people notice. Uh, but the gorillas, people notice them, but they don't tend to realise how significant they are for both the museum and natural history in itself. So um, tell me, what, what, what period are they from? When, how did they come here? So they first arrived in Britain in 1862. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were bought by a Dr. Crisp from a French trader called Paul Duchayou. He was quite famous back then for many reasons. He had a mixed reputation. He was very popular in America on the natural science talk circuit, but in the UK, the scientists of the time were slightly leery of him and felt that he probably told more stories than were probably true about what he did. So they thought he was a bit of a fraud. Possibly. (laughs) (laughs) They felt he exaggerated. Okay. In that he was very much a good businessman in that he would write books about his 
daring acts in Africa. Okay. And it's accounts like his that created the natural science of the time because a lot of natural scientists hadn't seen living gorillas or other animals in other places in the world. And so when he came back from Africa with these stories of these fierce, dangerous animals that went out hunting and eating people, that was pretty much the only knowledge he had to base on until someone else went to double check it. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, but even at the time, there were some conflicting stories about what gorillas were like. So it was kind of... But it was more attractive to believe that they really were these dangerous beasts. Yeah, it's grabbing the headlines a bit better. Right? Yes. They eat, they eat humans, apparently. Okay, so um, where did he bring these um, gorillas from? They were from Gabon, which is in the Congo. And he claimed he killed every single gorilla that he brought back himself, which given in that first lot he brought back in 1862, he brought 20 back. I mean, it's possible, I guess, but it seems unlikely given how many he did kill in his lifetime. But he was really determined to present himself as the best field collector out there, in part because he wanted to gain scientific approval Mm. and gain a membership into the geographical Royal Geographical Society of, in Britain. Okay. Uh, and then three of those supposed 20 he shot ended up here. Yes. So originally they were on display in London. One of them may have been on display at the British Museum. Our records say they were, but you're never entirely sure, let's be honest. Record keeping <laughs> from back then is not exactly the most accurate. So there's some of the first Britain, uh, gorillas to have been brought back to Britain. And before then, gorillas in the flesh as such as they were, obviously they were mounted yeah. and taxidermied, uh, hadn't been seen. So the only thing people had to go on were these bones that people brought back. So it's a, it's a family group here. It's a mum Yes, and it's a... Adult male, an adult female, and a baby, which I'll be honest, I'm not entirely sure if it's a girl or a boy. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't know that, that they were actually a real no, family. We just know that they were put together into a family group for display. Mm-hmm. And what, what should uh, visitors look out for when they come to look at these gorillas? So if they come and look at these gorillas, they should definitely look at their faces. Yeah. Because... They are very fierce and aggressive looking, and that's not what gorillas look like. If you look at them, you just look at them, and they just look wrong to you now. Because again, they were going on illustrations that people had drawn, and they were often drawn being a, standing a lot more like men than they do. And because obviously the reputation was that these were the beasts among beasts of Africa, uh, they would make sure that they had this really fierce expression as if they were going to come and attack you. I mean, even the baby, if you look at it, it looks quite fierce. And you're going, that seems off somehow. And uh, the, the sort of the whole, so that, you know, they're standing upright when they shouldn't. That's not how they naturally stand. I mean, they do stand upright a little bit, especially if they're doing intimidation. But mm. it's a lot... It's hard to tell from how they're posed now because they were, they were re-taxidermied. Uh, back when we first got them, well, a bit after we first got them in 1904, mm-hmm. by Roland Ward, who was a British taxidermist based in Piccadilly Circus, mm-hmm. uh, because he was trying to make them more realistic. Okay. 
which <laughs> they're still not perfect let's be honest yeah but they're a lot better than they were apparently i would love to see what mm. they look like then yeah and so they're still so even this male gorilla which is the one that's standing up in the case mm. if you look at him now he's a lot less upright than he presumably would have been because yeah. his pose is a very classic pose from uh, du Chaillou's books mm. uh, so he wrote two books about his time hunting gorillas yeah. and in both of them there are lots of little engravings of what gorillas look like and the cover of one of them had this big male gorilla pretty mm. much standing upright holding a branch yeah. which I can only assume is what this pose was based on yeah. but slightly less upright <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it's got a bit of bent over time yes. as well okay okay and the sort of the frightening poses they hold, are they supposed to be, uh, I guess the Victorian era is quite an era sort of focused on morals, etc. Are those poses sort of a reflection of that kind of thinking at the time? Or? It's in part because of that, but it's also, it goes back to Du Chaillou wanting to kind of gain renown in that he was a very interesting man who was trying very hard at hiding his origins in that he was the son of a French trader and as my favorite quote reading up about him has ended up being of a woman of unknown origins okay Uh, also code for not white and so he was constantly trying to hide the fact that basically he wasn't Mm. entirely white because then especially in the 18 kind of 50s and 60s he wouldn't have been able to really get anywhere into society society. so he had multiple backstories one of which was he was born in paris but whenever he was in the america in america he would claim he was born in new orleans um because that apparently excused the fact that his skin wasn't entirely pale and um what sort of reaction did the gorillas have when they came here were people you know do you know that lots of people flocked to come and see them they fed into what people wanted in that they were this savage thing that came from elsewhere that proved the fact that they had managed to make the world nicely civilized and mm. look what it's like over there where we're not we can bring the civilization and tame the world essentially mm. So they kind of ended up depicting what they thought at the time yeah. in Africa, basically. Pretty much. And you say the, you know, the, the, the man is, uh, the man gorilla is sort of bending over time. Has it been quite hard to keep them... Is it quite hard to look after taxidermied objects? Or, they, um, or do they just sort of look after themselves over the decades? Or? So it's always worth keeping an eye on them because... Mm taxidermied anything to yeah. be honest most things yeah. are, always have certain risks mm. um, but luckily because the gorillas are in cases they're slightly more secure than some taxidermied specimens might be Yeah, because there's less chance of something getting in you know, there was a lot of work done on, them, done on them a few years ago because it is a real great effort to get in there and clean them for example so you have to be certain that you want to do it okay Um, but it's basically keeping an eye on them making sure that there's no signs of anything going wrong Mm. (laughs) (laughs) and a lot can go wrong wow i suppose you have to use special cleaning materials to get them okay and i mean the method of taxidermying back in victorian times is that very different from what it is now uh, it has evolved a little bit in that 
the main evolution since early Victorian taxidermy is we don't use arsenic as much or at all. Uh, there's also differences in techniques in mounting. Mounting. So I wouldn't. I can't tell you exactly how these were mounted. I'll, I'll be honest. Mm. But the main way things are done usually is that they'll have kind of a wireframe and then some kind of padding around that wireframe to create the shape. Yeah. Mainly, what's changed now is what we make the padding out of. In the earliest of taxidermy, it would have been straw. Now, it would probably be some sort of synthetic material. Mm, mm. And apart from the extra frightening faces, uh, which presumably must have been quite hard to sort of mould, I don't know, mm. for, for a taxidermist to do, is is it other? Do they otherwise look correct for a gorilla apart, apart from the standing pose as well? Or? There's definitely better, worse taxidermy out there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, no, they do. They do look good. They, mm. if you ignore the faces, they do actually look like gorillas. <laughs> and are there any other features uh, visitors should look out for when they come and come and see the gorillas? Well, they should definitely just make sure they look all the way around the case because mm-hmm. if you just take a glance at it, uh, you might miss the baby who's kind of hidden around the back. Yeah. And also to look at how much detail has been put into the foliage and. Mm. basically what they're standing on yeah great well thank you so much for your time today